This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, where I strategize with business owners on how to grow and scale their businesses to hit their income goals. This is episode 309 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Angie Trueblood, and we are diving into how can being a podcast grow your blog and influence. We're going to be talking specifically about the ways in which you can decide what is a good podcast to actually pitch, why you would want to do it, how to do it. But more importantly, if you are a food blogger listening to this, or you are niche and you think about, yeah, there's no podcasts out there that are about what I want to talk about, or how would I talk about what my content is about? You have to listen to this episode. There was a huge aha moment when Angie talked about story. And you all know how to create a story on your blog and to be able to do sponsorships by pulling in that story. This is how you would be able to be a podcast guest or even create your own podcast if you haven't thought about that yet. Before we really truly jump into this, I want to make sure that I thank you all so much for those that have already left a reading and review on the podcast. If you haven't, head over to your favorite podcasting app, leave a quick rating and review and just send it over. It helps to be able to get great guests on the show like Angie. All right, let's dive in. Hi, Angie. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jenny. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you. We just finished up a conversation for your podcast, which I am super excited. And my audience needs to make sure they go over and listen to that as well. We'll talk more about your podcast and all the things. Before we jump into this conversation about how being a podcast guest can grow your blog and influence, can you introduce yourself and your business? Yeah. So I'm Angie Trueblood, the founder of the Podwise Group, and we are a company that helps podcast guests and hosts grow their business, grow their authority through podcast guesting. So we're an agency on one side of it and also an education company on the other. So we both train and do on behalf of our clients and members. Excellent. I love that. So let's really just kind of jump right into this. Why would bloggers and influencers want to get on podcasts as guests? So it's an interesting question. And I think most of it boils down to the fact that content consumers consume content on a variety of different medium, right? So I read blogs. I enjoy reading things. And I also at different times in the day, listen to podcasts. So I think it's a great way to, first of all, connect with new audiences. So getting being on a podcast as a guest, it's just different than reading something from an author. You have typically like a 30 to 40 minute conversation. And so that listener is really getting to know you, getting to understand kind of the heart behind what you do and who you serve. And a lot of times they'll feel more connected with you in a podcast interview than reading five to seven articles on a blog. Also the blog posts sometimes, and fun fact, I had a blog in the meal planning space before I got into this business. Um, 
And as much as people loved reading the blog and the how-to articles that I was sharing, it was really understanding the why that they could hear when I was being interviewed on other people's shows. So I think part of it is just from the content being a different delivery system and being able to draw people back to your blog. But also it is a way to get in front of audiences and grow that visibility in a way that is more evergreen, right? Because if someone has a podcast, hopefully they're not going to shut it down and pull it off of all the podcast players in a week. It stays there and they're accumulating new listeners all the time. And so it's it ends up being a generator of readers and new audience to your blog over time with you only having to have recorded it once. Yes. And I think you, part of you, you said it as well is that it, it increases that likelihood of that, like, no and trust factor, which yeah. is something that I constantly talk about with my own audience, with building that, like, no and trust with their own audience. Well, now you can expand your audience to mm-hmm. someone else's. Because I think one of the things that my clients will often run into is that as they go to do launches and they go to do different things with their own products and services, they hit a certain goal that first time and they set their goal six months later and their audience hasn't grown. It's the same list or they've gotten a couple hundred more people, but now they've gone and said, I'm going to double what I expect to do from last time. So if I got sold 20, now I'm going to sell 40, but they didn't double their email list, which you have such a huge opportunity to be able to do that by guesting on podcasts. Oh, for sure. And and even with those second launches, you almost need to more than double because that base audience has been exposed to your offer the first time. And so, yes, some of them will come around the second time, but you really need to be adding more to it. And it's different. I mean, I definitely have seen seen things shift in the podcast guesting space over the last five years. It used to be an incredible grower of an email list that is still there, but not to the extent that we saw five years ago. And I think it's because consumers of content are more savvy now, right? They're not giving their email address away as quickly as they used to, but also there's a lot of content coming at us. But if you can connect with that person, they may not join your email list right away, but they might go over and check out what you're doing and follow that for a while and then likely join your email list. But the interview does speed up that conversion compared to simply reading, right? Yes, absolutely. I could not agree more. So how does one get on podcasts as a guest? So there's a lot of different ways. And it's funny because you and I talked about sponsorships, right? And I'm sure you have it all the time. I even asked you like, what's the secret sauce to landing a sponsorship deal? (laughs) People ask me that all the time too. Like, how do I become a guest? And it's really not, we have an offer that we'll share with your listeners. It's a free download. And I, I curated it on purpose to show six different types of pitches that we've sent Some are three-sentence pitches. Others are more formal pitches. So there's a variety of different ways that you can communicate your ask. And your ask is being the guest on the show. There's a lot of different ways that you can communicate. But the first step really goes back to what you coach your people to do. And that's the strategy. Figure out for us, 
the types of shows that it's going to make sense for you to get in front of that type of audience. And that's really knowing who you serve before you ever take a step to go into Apple Podcasts, right? Like that is sort of the time suck. If you go in without a clear idea of the types of shows that you're looking to pitch to, to get in front of their audiences. So it starts with the strategy, getting clear on the types of shows to pitch, and then curating a topic that's both relevant to that audience and also helps lead them back to you, right? Because that's ultimately what you want to do. You want them to come back to wherever your platforms are. And then that's when you reach out. So many people jump to the pitch. Like, what do I include in the pitch? Similar to me, what's in that sponsor pitch? I want to know what to include in it. But so much more is about reaching out to someone that's super well aligned because the chips will fall into place if you really tackle the strategy first. So you said going into Apple Podcasts, what would that look like? Do you search for other shows that you know are similar to the one that you're trying to get onto? Or how do you actually go in and and kind of use Apple as your like database? Yeah. So we actually use it as a search engine. And the way that we coach our members and the way that we work on behalf of our clients is we do sort of a Mad Lib style. I want to guest on shows that talk to blank about blank, because a lot of the people that we work with are in the B2B space and they'll say, I want to be on shows that talk to business owners. Okay. Uh Well, there's entire categories in (laughs) Apple podcasts on business and marketing and entrepreneurship. And we really are advocates of pitching to more niche shows. So shows that might talk to interior designers, and then you can come in and talk to those interior designers about TikTok as an example. I'm a dinosaur, not on TikTok, but we did have a client that was. And so in that case, if that's one of the types of shows, right? Because that's not going to be all the types of shows that you pitch. But if you want to talk to interior, you want to get on a show that's talking to interior designers and the about could be growth, business growth. Like that is what the host is already talking to this audience about. So we would go into Apple Podcasts and search growing an interior design business. Mm -hmm. And you would see what pops up. And sometimes it might have been too specific of a phrase. So you could dial it back to just interior design business. And then you start going through those results and seeing, okay, which of these one are still active, like are actually producing episodes Two, and this is big and you know it because you have a show and get pitched all the time who has guests, right? There's a lot of shows out there that are solo shows and it doesn't make sense to go any further if you know that they rarely or never host guests. We've been effective at actually communicating with hosts and getting clients landed on shows that don't typically host guests, but it's not a great use of your time, right? There's plenty of other shows that have guests. So that's what we do as our first pass is get real specific on what your search topic is and then start kind of vetting. That makes total sense. So how, once you actually end up on a show, Do you nail an interview as a podcast guest? It's really about storytelling. And this is where I'm picturing blogs kind of like the one that I had, right? And when you and I talked about your lifestyle blog, a lot of the blog posts are more how-to and, you know, 
summaries of different types of recipes. But on a podcast, you want to tell stories because that is what brings the listener in. That's what they're coming on there for, right? I don't want to hear a recipe on a podcast. I want to hear, well, how can I make this type of recipe really simple? Like, how can I pull it together and have at the end of the interview, like, oh, I heard this episode and now I know what to make for dinner tonight. It's just a rotisserie chicken and a sauce, and right? So you definitely want to make sure you show up telling stories. If you are looking to guide people back to your own platform, which, spoiler, you should always want to be doing that, is you are planting seeds throughout the interview, right? So earlier I mentioned that I'm going to have a freebie that shares with your listeners what some of our pitches look like. That's not going to be a big surprise then at the end when you cue me up to share that, they will have already thought about that and they're getting a fuller picture of who I am and how we serve. At this point in the interview, listeners might know that we have a membership I host a show, the Go Pitch Yourself podcast, right? So it's about planting seeds so that there's no big surprises at the end to where you're thinking, oh, they do this? I had no idea. You want them to, at the end of it, have a full idea of who you are as a blogger and influencer and a human, really. Yes. So I love the way that you said in the beginning about stories, because I think a large part of my listening audience is food bloggers. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, podcast, that's not what I'm looking to do. Because like you said, how do you get on and do a recipe? But yeah. I can think of one client in particular. And I think the biggest piece of this is you have to know the problem that you solve. You can't just be creating recipes to create recipes. They have to, or to rank in Google. Because I know that my, my, food bloggers or page view chasers. You still have to be solving a specific problem so that that if you can figure out like you're going to be known as the one that can take a simple recipe, but make it um, just taste amazing and be able to show them little ways, teach them to improve on their cooking. That's the way you can do it through a story. Um, So I'm actually, and she's going to kill me that I called her out on this, but I'm thinking of our salty kitchen. Um, She does just this. And by having a podcast, she could walk them through that story of understanding the difference between onions that were just cooked, sweat, chopped, minced. It can be so basic, but telling a story of like how she messed it up or probably she didn't mess it up. She doesn't mess it up. <laughs> how we, could. but how someone, <laughs> yeah, how someone could, or how someone did at a restaurant that she ate at or whatever it might be. Um, just be able to share how they can then improve their own cooking. I love it. So good. I have a friend who she produces capsule podcasts. So it's just little six episode shows. And she had a client one time who they had a subscription box that would be sent out that you could cook things from. I forget like the logistics of it, but it was in the cooking space with recipes. And I think some of the ingredients and the podcast that went along with it was telling the story of some of these artisanal ingredients and just like where they were made in this region in Italy, right? So it's creating that depth and just taking things that might seem on the surface as like a how-to and creating story around it and connection. Because that's what we're all looking for in these crazy times is connection. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So when we are looking at this, is there anything else that really makes a great podcast guest I mean, there's definitely logistic pieces that will help 
set you apart and sound like the expert that you are on the show and also likely help create momentum of having other podcasters invite you on. So it's an audio platform and your audio doesn't need to be studio quality. You know, you don't have to go rent a podcasting studio. And this is a part where people who are new to guesting sometimes get intimidated because they think the tech is super um, intimidating, right? They don't know what kind of microphone to use. And I would say if you're gonna, if you're just starting to guest, these Apple headphones with the attached microphone are fine for a couple of shows until you know this is something that you want to spend your time doing. After that, you can invest in a microphone that's under $100. You can record in a closet at home, have a solid internet connection, have an undisturbed space. So a lot of it is about the audio quality and just doing really simple measures to show up. Also, showing up early and doing your homework on whose show you're guesting on so that the stories you're telling are relevant, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that you're talking to them during the interview. And then the showing up early is just to help avoid any tech snafus. I mean, you and I had a couple even on my show, but we weren't rushed for time because we knew we had allotted enough and we were both there early. So just don't like slide into the interview, you know, leave buffer time and show up where you feel calm and relaxed. Yes. And then the other suggestion that I would make, and this is this blogging brain, of course, that we're so used to being able to help promote things is to help promote it. Send it to your email list, um, put it out on social media, be a part of it. Um, and even think about like different ways, because if they have done, you've done a podcast, well, maybe now they would let you come over onto their Instagram stories. Maybe they have Instagram and you guys can switch. Think of all the different ways that you can just make it that much more impactful for both of you. Yeah. You make a great point, Jenny, because I think a lot of people, and I know that you coach your people at some point, maybe a podcast host, maybe they should step into producing their own show. I highly recommend that they start guesting first to make sure they like the medium, to make sure it actually converts with people who would read their blog. But the other part of it is you can use those podcast interviews as your content. So it can be one of your pillar forms of content marketing because you can do exactly what you said. We were talking with members in the co-op. One is asking to screen record her guest interviews so that she can make TikTok reels. I guess that's, I don't know if that's what they're called on TikTok, but anyway, TikTok content. And you can pull that audio up in an app like Headliner to make an audiogram. You don't have to be the owner of the podcast and any host is going to be super pumped to have you share their content in a way that will guide your people back to their episode. So it's a great way to create a different form of content without you having to own it and produce it, right? It's You just get the benefit of the end product and then you can do all the things with it. Yes. And I think one of the things I meant to mention earlier too, because I talked about this on your show, but we didn't mention it here, is that by being a podcast guest, if they do a blog post with it, you get the backlink. Yes. And 
my bloggers that are listening, y'all know the importance of having those backlinks and building your domain authority. This is just an easier way to do it. You don't have to do that whole written crap of doing a guest post for someone and trying to let them see how it's going to be beneficial. Instead, all you got to get on and talk for 30 minutes and share a story and your expertise. Yeah. How yeah. easy is that? So, so well, and you can go so far. We had an episode last year with Akila Thompson. Robbins, you might have to edit. I don't know if that's officially her name, but it was a, we had an episode on SEO for podcasters and she even went so far as to say before she guests on a show, she checks their show notes to see if they are providing backlinks or even writing show notes, because a lot of hosts will just use in the beginning days and even some well-established podcast hosts will have their website be hosted on Libsyn, so the podcast hosting platform, they won't actually put it on a WordPress site. So it does make sense before you do that that pitch, just a look and see, are they promoting the show? Are they sharing it on whatever social media platform you are most connected on? It makes sense to do a little bit of homework. Yes. And I love that you said it, Kelly. I know who, exactly who you're talking about. Um, and it is, it's important for SEO to be able to see if it's just simply show notes that are like, at this time, they said this, at this time, they said this, or is it a full blog post that has the keywords and has the content and the questions that are being asked about that topic in Google for all of my bloggers that are going, wait, she's talking about keyword research. That totally, I know what she's talking about here. It's the same thing. It's the same idea. That's what you are looking for in order to get onto other shows. And especially for food bloggers, DIYers, like a lot of times the other people that are creating within your niche, those podcasts, they already have websites. They're just using the podcast as another way to get in front. So now you're probably going to end up on a food blog that has a tons of recipes, has great domain authority, and then also has a podcasting section that is now answering and having these topics within it. So that backlink is very important. Yes. Yes, exactly. So good. So you talked about a freebie that you offer. It is six pitches. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? We're going to make sure we link to that in the show notes. Yeah. So in the beginning of it, I sort of detail the seven parts of any great pitch, but it is not prescriptive in nature. So we do use a pitch template and that's what in any of our trainings we offer up, but pitches don't all look the same, right? So if I pitch someone in Instagram DMs, it's going to be different if I am sending a cold email outreach. So this download has everything from the first pitch I sent when I was in the meal planning space and I sent it to a show that I was a fan of and they hadn't tackled meal planning. They hadn't even had a guest, but it was just three sentences, but it included everything that's in those seven different parts. We show some formal pitches and then I even screenshotted some of the interaction I had with Pat Flynn when I pitched one of our clients to be a guest on his show. So I just want people to get a sense of pull back, like we don't have to be perfect in this. If you get the bones of it right and your intent is there and you're aligned with this person, then you can send a pitch in a million different ways. Yes. And they can, yeah, they can get that at thepodwisegroup.com slash pitches. And that's podwise with a Z. 
Excellent. And as my listeners know, you can always send me a DM on Instagram and tell me that you are looking for the six pitches. Don't say pitch because I'll think you're talking about my pitch. That <laughs> is <be> very confusing. <laughs> tell me podcast pitching or tell me six pitches and I'll know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, so we'll make sure to do that. Andy, where are the best places to connect with you? Yeah. So I'm really active on LinkedIn these days. Surprise. I dug into that a couple of months ago and I'm really loving the interaction over there. So that's over on LinkedIn at Angie Trueblood. I'm active on Instagram at the Podwise group. And then really our website is the best place for people to land, see what we do, see what we offer, the types of clients that we serve. And you can actually schedule a call if they're looking to get more one-on-one help on our services page. Excellent. We're going to link to all those in, I should stop saying show notes, in the blog post for the podcast episode. Um, Angie, I truly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Jenny. All right. Well, there you have it. I really hope you had that aha moment. I just was amazed when she sat about telling that story and how as a food blogger that creates recipes, you could start to tell that story more and get the connection that podcasts so easily give you and give you an opportunity to grow your audience. I have talked about this so much in my mastermind groups that in order to put out a product or service or increase your page views and hit those big goals that you were putting out there, you have to continue to grow your audience, grow your email list. And podcast and podcast guesting is a great way to be able to do that. All right, you guys, until next time, I will see you all then. 